0: Welcome to Vida Abundantur. I'm your host, Tanya Azar, researcher, writer, wife, cat mom, and university instructor. On this podcast, I conduct interviews to explore how we can abandon a scarcity mindset so that we can live a life of abundance. Hello, everyone. For today's inaugural episode, I'm interviewing Nancy Novak. Nancy is a world-renowned expert in construction. She started her career in general contracting, building impressive projects such as Pad 41 for Lockheed Martin, the Smithsonian Art and Portrait Gallery. Now she is the Chief Innovation Officer at Compass Data Centers, where she thinks up new ways to change the construction industry. She also champions women's equality in the workplace and addresses the digital divide. She also happens to be my mother. Welcome, Mom.
1: Well, thank you, Tanya. It's an honor to be here, and I appreciate that wonderful welcome. Um, I do my best, and I hope that this podcast is going to be informative and insightful for all who listen.
0: Thank you. So my first question is, what does abundance mean to you?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I, of course, had to look up abundance so I could make sure I understood the actual definition before I decided to describe what it means to me. Um, And it is interesting when you look it up because it says it's a very large quantity of something. But when you look it up from a spiritual context, it's much different because it's less about material things, obviously, than it is about having. Fullness of life, joy, and appreciation for things—you know, strength, body, mind, soul—that type of thing. So um, when I think of abundance, I think of contentment, and um, and I think it's fascinating to um, ponder this because contentment means so many different things to so many different people. And uh, when I look at like you know historically how. How people have, you know, lived their lives and what, we, what they were focused on and how we live our lives today and how it's changed over the, even just the past century. Um, it, it's interesting to me to see um, how we prioritize things. Um, so, and this is going to sound a little weird to take everybody back here, but um, this is just how I like to um, process thoughts so when i uh, when I was retired for a bit a few years ago, I did some traveling and I went to a lot of beautiful um historic, hard to get to places around the world. And I noticed that you know humans were really focused on the afterlife because all of the really great national heritage sites are you know large tombs to um you know honor the afterlife. And I think it was a big mystery back then. Um so they, you know, that was just the firm belief was you really had to do that in order to get to the other side. So I'm always fascinated by that. It was also very um it was very eye-opening for me because um I had just gone through a pretty um well intense career because I was I was retired for a few years. And you know, and what we considered very um important in our lives was so different, right? And and I, I look back on that and I think. It's a little bit liberating for me to think about that um, focusing on the here and now and being in the moment is actually where I would like to find abundance and, and joy in my life, right? And it was hard it's hard when I when you're working and you have this sense of urgency and you've got deadlines and and you are taking on all the perceived risk of you know the, to the world today and not just risk financially but risk you know for other people's livelihoods risk for your family risk for um you know for your for your own health and internally and then trying to figure out how can i be content um in in the moment right instead of having to focus on things that may or may not be critical right um so so that's kind of how i'm looking at abundance especially these days i'm really trying to figure out how to how to grasp contentment while I'm in the moment. And I love studying people's lives um, who I know personally and looking at the people who have abundance in material things versus abundance in contentment and where they're at and seeing what those differences are. And we can probably talk about what some of those differences look like.
0: I really like the idea of abundance as contentment um, because I think contentment is so rare. It does feel rather abundant when it happens. Um, How do you, you know, you personally live a more abundant life?
1: Well, so like I said, I, I have these, um, I have this word that I call my intentional difference word and it's, and it's moments. And it wasn't so much about living in the moment. Like I'm focused on now. It was more about having these light bulb moments, right? where either something happened and I reflected on it and I, and I thought, oh, that was a moment I don't want to forget. Or it was, um, you know, like one of those like aha moments, you know, where I was, I saw something or felt something and it made me change, you know, how I was either viewing the world, the situation, or, you know, how I wanted to behave or things like that. And, you know, being my daughter that I have plenty of those moments in my in my parenting days. (laughs) And, um, and it's interesting because some of them are moments where I look back and I think, you know, I, I did a lot of things that I, I considered accidental. Right. Um, So as an example, when you guys were younger, I would, um, I would always say, I would say a lot of stuff that I probably wasn't living myself. So as an example, I would say, you know, your job is to have fun. Um, and I would say, uh, you always have to care how well you do. Um, and, and if you just care how well you do, it'll always be enough. It'll always be good. I will always be satisfied. But I wasn't living those principles myself. I would forget that we're here, you know, on earth to not just make, um, you know, a difference for others, and in, in my opinion, but really to have fun and and to care how well we do. So when I reflect on, you know, how I was you know, trying to impart things on my children accidentally or not. Um, Now I'm looking back in the mirror and saying, those are the same pieces of advice I should be giving myself if I want a more abundant life and I want to be more in the moment and really, you know, really look at things with through different lenses and prioritize things in a different, in a different frame.
0: So living in the moment is a kind of abundance, you know, um, you know, how, how do you feel that you're, that you're doing that? I mean, do you have concrete, um, ways in which you attempt to live more in the moment?
1: Um, well, for me, since it's still kind of, um, a journey, I I have definitely, I'm not going to say that I'm an expert at this by any means. I am doing a few things. I'm reading about it to see, because there are lots of books out there that will tell us, um, ways that we should, you know, the reasons why we should do this and some, you know, tricks of the trade on how you can achieve it. Right. Um, and I've always, and this is very, this is kind of common sense. I've always kind of known that this is a good idea. Um, and I've, like I said, and part of this advice on others, I've just never been able to, you know, think about it as internally as I, as I am now. So what I, what I've been doing though, is I've been really focused on noticing when I feel like I'm in the moment And what I, what that is, that's when I'm not distracted when I'm really, um, you know, like in a moment where I'm like, this is very, this is something I don't want to forget. This is something I want to be able to reflect on. This is something that feels really good to me. Um, and all, it's kind of like, um, firing on all cylinders. Right. Um, and I'll, I'll give you another example. That's probably better than what I just said, but it's more about, um, again, back when you guys were younger and, um, and your brother one time was overwhelmed with all the things he was doing. And as you know, I stay very busy. I travel a lot. I speak a lot. I've got lots on my calendar. And so you can get very, very busy. And being, being busy doesn't mean that you are necessarily, um, you know, doing what you want to be doing or being very productive or, you know, whatever, use whatever word you want to. But he was very busy and he was feeling um, dismal about, you know, just not knowing which thing to choose and and, and, and more or less, it was like just, you know, feeling overwhelmed. And I, I told, I asked him to tell me about when he was in the moment and, and to start thinking about all the activities he was doing. And he, and it was great. Cause he said he, at the time he played in a quartet and he said, you know, when we hit, when we all hit the, the, the certain note at one time and it sounds really perfect. That's like a moment. It's like this moment where time stands still, or if I'm playing a sport and I'm scoring, and you know all the noise goes away and, I, and I'm in that moment, that's a moment that you can remember because again, it's like, it's like all of the cards are lining and you're standing still. And sometimes I feel that way if I'm speaking to an audience and I'm getting, and I'm on a roll and I'm getting really good interaction, which I love, um, and I feel like I'm hitting all the right points, that to me is a moment and something that I love to reflect on. And, um, and then I also am feeling at that time, that, um, that I'm helping. I love to help. So, um, so I also feel at that time that I'm helping others because I'm helping them see things through different lenses. And that's kind of my secret sauce when it comes to whether it's imparting wisdom or experience or just my own thoughts. It's, um, it's helping people see through other lenses. And those are the types of books I read, because I like to, I like to, I know there's many different perspectives on many different topics. And I think that if we all enjoyed um, a more diverse perspective on most topics, that we would also find more contentment in how we thought about the world.
0: And then potentially be able to experience some of that abundance by proxy.
1: Exactly. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's isn't it great when um, when someone says something to you and you're like, "Huh, I never thought about it that way," and then it makes you reflect on your own life or your own situation or you know circumstances or even things you're going to do in the future, with in a different in a different way. Um, and you just start viewing viewing things, whether it's like I said, individual moments or you know challenges you have currently, or you know or things you've done in the past, and you reflect on it using different lenses, and it it just, it kind of like starts to make sense, right? So I I really love, you know, trying to see other perspectives. That's one of the reasons I talk about diversity as, as strongly as I do, because in the world of business globally, you know, diversity, um, when it comes to the genders especially, it's very, very low uh, in leadership positions. So imagine a world where you had... Um, you know, a different set of lenses from the other half of the population, you know, presenting how would they wanted to strategize or, um, you know, do things on these, in these large, Im- impressionable, very influential businesses. Imagine a world where the other half of the population had a voice, right, in those kinds of environments. Um, and it could, it doesn't have to be big business commercial. It could be government. It could be service industries. It could be you know, um, nonprofits, it could be anything, but if you had, you know, the other half of the population weighing in when those decisions are getting made on, you know, how they want to be viewed. And, and you get that more diverse perspective as far as, you know, just how to look through the lenses of somebody else. I I think that would just make, um, an amazing world. And I, and I also like to always point out, you know, it's, (laughs) it's, You know it's very simple when you think about it because people, you know, we we our brains are limited. We only know what we've been taught and what we've experienced, and so if you don't have a more a a better mix, you know, in those in those environments, you're going to get one set of experiences and thought, you know, of of who of what was what people were taught, Um, and so mixing that up is so important. And I know this is probably sounding a little bit rhetorical because. This is it's it's obvious to me in, in my world because I speak about this all the time, but I know it's not obvious for everybody to to understand the value in that, and I really think that this living life more abundantly um, has a lot to do. It stitches right together with that. It has a lot to do with being able to see things through different lenses, and then being able to share that with others and kind of let that perpetuate, and then you know change the way we either do business or think about things or engage with other
0: people. Um, and it can go on and on and on. That's interesting idea about diversity being potentially a key to more abundance in the workplace. Um, I think we need to have like a second, a second episode sometime where we like explore that, but I'm, I'm interested because you, um, do speak about women so often, you know, what are in your view, what are some of the, the major barriers that women face to living abundant lives? And if you could give advice to a woman who really wants to live more abundantly, but feels like she can't for some reason, what, what would that advice be?
1: I think the biggest piece of advice that stands out for me is, is I'm going to call it crossing bridges before we get there. Because we, we have a tendency to hold ourselves back and restrict ourselves on what we believe we can and cannot do, what we believe people do or don't want us to do, what we believe um, people think about what we want to do. That, we, we hold ourselves back and, um, and we make choices before we even get to the bridge, right? And we say, well, I really would love to have that kind of a career, but I also want to have a family and I cannot do both which is not true, you know, 99.999% of the time is absolutely not true. Or, um, or, you know, I, 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 you know, I would love to do this, but you know, my personality type is not suitable or, um, or there, you know, that's a very male dominated field and I can't go do that. Or, you know, I mean, I could think of like a, another hundred or so things that we tell ourselves, um, that the hold us back and restrict us instead of just, instead of, you know trying to do a role reversal more or less and say you know if i was if I was my male counterparts, you know they're not asking themselves if they can have both of these things or if they could do both of these things and you know that this is every step of the way it's not just on making you know career- you know choices or life decisions it's about the little things that we do you know when we're when we're in our careers or when we're in our personal lives, you know thinking about like taking the next step it's every little step we we do. Um, and I say we very general, I know it's not good to generalize, but women, um, statistically they, um, and we hold ourselves back because we are, we're box checkers. You know, we have to have lots of credentials before we want to go forward. And we, we, um, question ourselves, you know, on whether we have the potential to go and do things. So my biggest piece of advice would be like, you know, think about your potential and quit worrying about your, what I call the credential. Um, of checking all the boxes and look at your attributes and look at your, you know, your desires, and then don't let anything that you want to do, whether it's on a personal front or any other, you know, um, non-business front, um, hold you back um, in, in your career, in, in whatever decisions you make in life. I, is that good advice? Because I, I didn't mean to ramble on too long, but I really hope about don't cross the bridges until you get there. And then, by the way, you're going to cross the bridge and it'll be fine.
0: Well, I think it's interesting to to think of um, to think of abundance being enabled by not, yeah, not forward planning so much. I mean, I think women, partly because of the emotional labor that we are expected to do, are planners at the end of the day. We're juggling a lot and we don't want to drop any balls. And you're saying that it doesn't help really to you know first catastrophize the future, um, but secondly, to overthink it, you know. Um, and that most of the time, you'll be able to just figure it out. So by by kind of embracing that, you'll be able to to have more abundance, you know, instead of, cu- you know, cutting yourself off right at the knees before, you know, before you need to.
1: Yeah, I mean, without even realizing it. And and as you know, like, I, I do like to plan things. I like to plan fun things, I like to plan, um, you know, to experience things. Um, and, I, and I don't like to drop any balls there. But I absolutely have the most serendipitous, you know, life that I, that I could imagine. Um totally unplanned. And, um, and I think it's fascinating because like I, and I used to think that, you know, I wish I, I would ha- I was a better, I, w- I wish I could have chosen different paths. And, and now I look back and go, Oh my gosh, I'm glad I, I'm glad that I was serendipitously led down this path in all these ways. And um, I couldn't have chosen any, any better my, myself. So Um, so I do firmly believe that we restrict ourselves by planning, especially the large things, um, to catastrophizing, as you said, um, prior to just like letting it go. And think about that, Tanya. I mean, think about like, you know, what society says you can, cannot, should, should not do, you know, do in life. Right. And when society is telling, giving you a message and then, you know, and then, you know, the business world is giving you a message and other people, you know, if you're, you are listening to that or internalizing that even, even subconsciously, like you're not really, you know, you're just doing that it because it's, it's what comes natural. It's how, it's how humans behave. Then you're limiting yourself because, because you're letting those types of things, you know, choose a path for you. And instead of just saying, you know, I don't have any limits um, and I'm going to try to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep caring how well I do. And I'm going to keep, um, you know, trying to, you know, I guess look at each moment and, you know, be reflective of it. Right. And, and try to just, um, you know, I don't know, do what, do what comes natural to me, but also do what brings me passion and that type of thing. Um, and just don't put any of those limits on you. And I, I know mean, this, again, I feel bad about you know saying it this way because it's one of those, you know, just do this things that sounds too easy and shouldn't be, and it's not easy. Right. And I, again, this was accidental for me to, to say, gosh, I, I wish I had a ways that I could have planned my whole career path and everything differently. But as I lived my life, you know, stuff just kept occurring. And, and then what I did was I just went in, you know, I, obviously full force saying, I only got one shot at this. You know, you only live one time. I'm just going to embrace what's coming my way. And, and go through it and make it work, right? And make it work for myself. Um, and these were small steps, right? This was not like the, the grand picture because who could see that? But now looking back, I'm like, I the serendipity is fantastic. It's just wonderful. And and so people look at me and say, how did you get to where you are? And sometimes I want to say in my business and I, I want to say like, you, know, you don't want to hear that story because that story is not, um, it's not the kind of life that you would see of depicted on, you know, TV or something, where you're like, "Oh, that's a great life." We moved a lot, you know. We did a lot of uh, crazy stuff um, that, that was unsettling at times. But looking back, I, I don't think I could have chosen any any better, honestly. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, um, I think it's it's interesting that kind of both both of your um, pieces of advice about living in the moment and not. Over, you know, over catastrophizing the future are you know two sides of the same coin. You know, if we um, if we are focusing on the now and not what could happen or what will likely happen, then we can you know prevent ourselves from from limiting ourselves. And I think that's interesting. And I know, as you say, it sounds potentially like um, you know a suggestion that might it's not it's not necessarily exploring some of the the tangible barriers that women, that women face. Um, however, I do think having that mindset shift is important. I mean, even if you had everything you wanted in the world, all the money, all the, all the opportunity, um, you know, and, and you still had a limited mindset, like I still, I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this. I, I'm going to lose it.
1: I can't do it. Yeah. All
0: of right. those things. Then it's, yeah. then it's, it's still not giving you the abundance that that you're looking for.
1: Yeah. And the other thing that I learned from you, and and I think this is important, an important takeaway, is is to be a continuous learner. Um, always stay curious and always, you know, like again, like I love calling you when I have to put a different perspective on things because I'm torn about something or I'm confused, whether it's world events or you know, things right here in my own neighborhood. I like getting other people's perspective and And you, a long time ago, you called it the wildly table of keeping the conversation alive. And I share that with people all the time, because again, that's about staying curious um, and always wanting to learn more and always wanting to get different perspectives. And that also helps us, you know, with those moments, um, because we can see things that are happening through many different lenses because we've, we've stayed curious. So that's, that's kind of the other takeaway, I would say
0: reminds me of a Salman Rushdie quote. I think this is from Satanic Verses, but he says, he writes, uh, open the universe a little more. That's the whole line. Um, And it reminds me of that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that's very appropriate. (laughs) So
0: thank you so much for being my first podcast guest and for helping me think through so many interesting aspects of abundance and in particular, how women can live a life more abundant. Um, where can our listeners follow you and your work?
1: Um, so I have a social presence on both Twitter and on LinkedIn, and I'm very I'm fairly easy to find. So it's um, NK Novak uh, is my handle for Twitter and just look at Nancy Novak. Um, and if you put, if you Google me and say, <laughs> if you put my name, Nancy Novak and then put plus construction, um, for sure, you know, I'll be the first four pages that you hit. Um, and you can find me, you know, anywhere, um, via the internet.
0: Awesome. Thank you, uh, again. And thanks to all of our listeners. Um, until next time, this has been another episode of Vita Abundant Tour. Thank you for listening please help this podcast reach new listeners by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode with your network. I also welcome your comments and questions. You can find me at ecacademic on Instagram, tanyaazar.com, or leave a message for this podcast on anchor.fm. I would love to know how you plan to live a life more abundant. Until next
1: time.